Welcome to Moving On. Here you will get expert information, tips, and most importantly, the tools to moving on to a healthy, happy, and thriving life that you want to be living. Letting go of whatever is holding you back, whether you are in an unhealthy relationship or learning how to be in a healthy one, or maybe you are in a job that you've been dying to move on from, Learn to let go of what's holding you back and become the thriving, healthy, and happy person that is inside you. Welcome to Moving On. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Moving On. And today I have with me two wonderful guests, which I'm pretty excited about. I've been on their podcast before, and now they're joining me here. And I have with me today Carla Romo and Sherry Gaba. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Carla and Sherry. Uh, Carla is a certified life coach and Sherry is a LCSW and coach. And they say love doesn't have to suck. Well, I agree with that. Um, and they know this from overcoming their own dating and relationship horror stories, which led to them being experts in healing from codependency, dating, and toxic relationships. Their 30-year age difference brings you an array of perspectives at any stage in life. If you're dating in a relationship or divorced, they've got your back. With leading experts and hosts of the podcast, The Love Fix, with the latest tools on how to navigate dating and how to thrive in a successful relationship. So welcome again, guys. Thank you so much for being hey. here. Thanks, Thanks Tracy. Super excited. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I always like to ask this question because, of course, I haven't yet had one guest answer it and say, oh, yeah, this was me and I'm still doing the same thing. So when you were a little girl, what did you want to grow up and be? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be an actress for the longest time. And then it wasn't until I was in high school where I realized, ooh, I kind of like this like producing, directing idea. And then my first career was in television and I was a casting producer and made documentaries. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's wonderful. Well, I don't know if I'll be aging myself here, but I wanted to be Barbara Walters. I wanted to be oh. a journalist, which I actually did pursue that career. And in some ways, indirectly, I am doing some of that. I have my own podcast and I've been on television a lot and doing interviews and, uh, but often I'm the one doing, well, I guess it is the same thing. Um, I'm often doing the interviews, but at the same time I've been interviewed as an expert. Mm -hmm. So kind of, kind of ran full circle for me. Yeah, I know. Barbara Walters, I'll never forget, you know, them doing the whole thing on Saturday Night Live, Barbara, with what's her name? Um, oh, yeah, Baba. Oh, so you're my close to my age. Okay, Baba yeah. Wawa or something. Yeah, Baba. Wawa. I just remember the Wawa part, you know. Carla's like, what are we talking about? Yeah, no here? idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know who Barbara Walters some... is, but yeah. Yeah, okay, I think good. if you watch some really old um, Saturday Night Lives from like the 1970s, then you would probably... Be like, oh, okay, now I know what they're talking you about. You know, so. it's interesting because there's a woman that was uh, a famous newscaster in Los Angeles named Kelly Lang. And, of course, you probably don't know her. But I was on um, this spiritual telesema thingy. And all of a sudden they said, oh, yeah, Kelly Lang is going to be, you know, on with us. And I just flipped out. I'm like, oh, my God, you are the reason I got into journalism, blah, 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 blah. It, it was pretty cool. That is cool. And I do remember her from my childhood. Oh. 
from Los Angeles? Yeah, I'm in LA. So oh, yes. Hello. Oh, that's so cool that you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna be Kelly Lang or Barbara Walters. <laughs> that was a great selection, but that was back when news was news and not like some kind of weird entertainment at this Opinions. point. Opinions. Right? Yeah, no, it was yeah. who, what, when, where, and why, not no longer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you both uh, basically went in divergent paths from what you thought you would be yes. doing yep. as usual. Yes. I haven't met anybody. I mean, I wanted to be a crossing guard when I was five, so that did not happen. Ah, you could still do it. You could still do it if you want. I could still do it. I don't know why. I think it was because I thought it was such a cool job to like walk kids across the street. And the guy who was our crossing guard was really nice. And I thought, Aww. oh, that looks like fun. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit, you know, and, you know, whichever one of you wants to start, but, you know, basically, what was your relationship trajectory when you were younger? You know, like what were some of the, the points? Because obviously you have this podcast and what you guys do for a living. So, you know, what was it like when you were younger and uh, what were relationships like for you? Oh, I'll jump in there. Uh, I talk about this in my book, Contagious Love Break Free from Codependency for Damn Good. And I talk about it on the Love Fix podcast. I was very codependent from a very young age uh, where I thought that in order to feel valued, in order to feel like I was worthy or enough, I needed that relationship. So I'm not kidding. Like I had boyfriends from a very young age um, and, you know, like preschool, my first grade boyfriend, right? Like I always like had these crushes on boys and I always wanted them to like me back because that somehow meant that I was valued in life. And so that just kind of continued and continued until uh, my early twenties. And that's where I was like, oh shit, like I got to break free of this codependency thing and get out of uh, my own way and fill up my own cup. Uh, but that was kind of where my head was at back in the day. So what was the the story? I, I'm assuming there was a story. Something happened that made you think, oh, I'm codependent. Like most people don't realize they're codependent. Most people, I think, run around their whole life. Like my mom hasn't figured out that she's codependent, in other words. So, yeah. <laughs> Send her this, this podcast. Um, yeah. I was sitting in my therapist's office and I was going through a breakup. And uh, she just kind of looked at me and was like, yeah, that's codependency. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I was so codependent at the time that I couldn't look like I was wrong or I didn't know what was going on. So I, I went home and Googled it. <laughs> I didn't even ask my therapist, what does this mean? I Googled it and I was like, oh shit, yeah, this is me. I was like, 100% I can relate to that. And then it wasn't until um, I was in a toxic relationship right after that and then mm -hmm. broke things off that I realized, okay, I'm going to start the self-love journey and break free of this codependency thing. So I'm curious and, and share out, you know, I'm going to ask you the same thing, but you know, when you had that, because I look back like on my own dysfunctional history, right? Yeah. And I just remember like every breakup I'd go through, I was devastated. Like, oh my God, how am I going to live? Oh my God, how am I going to go on? You know, was it like that for you or, you know, because there is healthy ways to go through breakups and then sure. there's that way. Yeah. So I can tell you, I've been through breakups post my codependency journey um where beforehand it was it was very uh it was just so rooted in like lack of self-esteem 
I just didn't feel mm-hmm. enough. I needed to find the next person to replace it. Or I needed to um, find somebody who would be interested in me because then that would mean that I am worthy of love, right? Then I, then that therefore I am lovable. That was kind of always what was driving that during breakups. Um, so the devastation was just more like I need to keep my head above the water. So I need to find the next person. Whereas after that, like since I've, you know, been breaking free of codependency and those types of relationships, I, it it is a very different breakup process. Very, very different. I feel very confident in myself. I, I don't need a person to, uh, feel worthy or rely on. I, I want a companionship. I want a partnership. I don't need somebody. I, I want somebody. And so that was a huge shift. And then I, um, I also was able to see red flags and toxicity and things like that. And, and then I got to choose, did I want to participate in that in a relationship or did I want to walk away? And so for me, that's been a game changer since going through, you know, my codependency journey. Right. I mean, it's always a big decision. I think when we change from the dysfunctional, cause I think it just takes time, you know, because yeah. we have this shit rooted in childhood. So yep. what about you, Sherry? What's your story back then? Yeah, it's similar, but over and, and over, well, it overlaps, but it's also a little different. I was a romance junkie. So I was like, I started watching soap operas when I was really young. And I just thought I just fell in love with the whole idea of love. You know, little did I know really what I was craving was connection. I didn't have a great, um, start in life. I was premature, didn't have that early bonding, nurturing that you're supposed to get. We know now those cause very severe mother attachment wounds. So I was looking for connection in all the wrong places. And then I had my first boyfriend and it was like, oh my God, this is such, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. That hit of the attention, the love, um, him doting on me. I was just, I was in completely in love with this well, he, he was a great first boyfriend, but what happened is it set me up for always thinking um, this is the only way to be happy. So then it became, you know, absolutely um, awful, empty, uh, painful, excruciatingly um, difficult to be on my own, to not be in a relationship. So we call that a love addict. Um, and of course, there were codependent traits within that, but I'd say first and foremost, I'm a love addict. And like Carla, I have a book too, Love Smacked. Um, you know, how to like, how to, you know, I was looking it up because I always forget this. Isn't this embarrassing? I always forget this. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, I forgot so, my subtitle. So I have I to look at it. Oh, you, Sherry. I love it. Oh, wait, it's <laughs> lo- not even love at it. It's love smacked. How to stop the cycle of relationship addiction and codependency to find everlasting love. That's really sad that, I, you know, but I'm older. That's the whole thing here with me and Carla. I'm no, here's, here's what I think. I, I'm going to tell you what I think of that, by the way, because I do this all the time. I'm like, why don't I know like the name of whatever, right? Because we, as we get older, we have more information in our head. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. Okay. So it's just, you know, sorting through the information. That's all. But anyways, as you were yeah. saying. Yeah. My dad always would say, you know, I only have important information to keep in my brain. Now, of course, I think my book's rather important, but <laughs> for some reason, the name, you know, I always remember Love Smacked. It's just the, the subtitle, like you said. But my book really talks about my journey of relationship to relate, you know, we call it love addicts and some call it now overlapping relationships. And, you know, when you do that, you never really get the time to learn how to be on your own. And then you end up settling for less and, um, you know, kind of taking this, you're a predator for the scraps out there. You're a predator, you know, you're not a predator, you're a victim of someone who could be a narcissist and you're vulnerable to, you're vulnerable to predators, not you are a predator. 
<laughs> I well, just I mean, <laughs> we do switch. We we do switch places on the drama triangle, you know. True. Depending on the situation. True. So yeah, I think when I would hold people hostage, I'm definitely a predator. You know, you hold them hostage because you don't want to be on your own. So yeah, right. for sure. I think that, you know, it's funny because I think back to my whole like waking up and smelling the coffee, let's just say, you know, that I um, in my last attached relationship, right, where because I'm more I'm an avoidant and then I get attached and I'm anxious. Right. Mm. And then, you know, it's like I need to breathe through you. So um, but that last relationship, it was funny because somebody said the guy he actually said, hey, I think you're a love addict. And I'm like, Okay. And I hadn't heard of attachment theory at this point. And I was a coach at this time. Right. So I'm like, oh, well, I got to go check this out. So um, I was like, yeah, kind of. But I, there was a part of the book, I think it's called the love addiction book or love addict book. I don't remember. But it, the point is that I just remember um, how there was this power play. And I want to, I'm just mentioning this because I'm curious with you guys, because when it's like codependency. So one of the things that I would do was I'd get in these relationships and I, you know, all this disappointment would happen, right? Because I'd have these crazy ass expectations of somebody like, you need to be perfect. You need to be doing all these things for me, right? And you're already failing. Okay. But my whole thing was to get to a point of being so disappointed that I was numb. And therefore, I would be in control because, you know, the person that cares less controls, right? And I don't know if you guys ever did like any of these kind of power plays, but I... I did. And then I saw it in this book and I was like, holy crap. But then I discovered attachment theory and realized, oh, my God, that's that's like my picture right there. So what you know, what kind of power plays did you guys play? Like that was like a big I one. probably have another word for it is manipulation. You know, we're yeah. going to manipulate someone to be what we want them to be. We're going to oh. manip manipulate them to be the fantasy that we've created. And all you know, we're going to be disappointed because they never can meet that fantasy and they're going to be. If they, if they have the same fantasy, they're going to be disappointed because you'll never be able to live up to their expectations. So it's a it's a recipe for a disaster. So that's what I would call the power play is manipulation. My my power play was very much I'm going to save you and I'm going to show you like through your addiction or mental health issue or fucked up childhood that I am going to save you and show you how amazing I am because I'm fixing you. And then you're just going to love me so much. Love me, you're Isn't gonna that eat. so funny? Well, you'll, you're going to need me. You'll never leave uh -huh. me. And that's what I mean by holding someone oh, back. Oh, my gosh. I did that, though. That was another thing I would do. But you know what's so funny? The audacity that we have, right? Like, you're such a broken person. You're so fucked up. I am not. <laughs> right, right. It's all the focus on them. But right. but I also, you know, I always say this too, because for me, the motive wasn't manipulation out of like an abuser of like needing to hold power over somebody. It was so that if you're okay, then that means I'm okay. So I need you to be okay so that I'm oh, yeah. okay. And for me, it was if you, you know, if you stay with me and I and you need me, you won't abandon me, which was how I was set up as being, you know, in the incubator. I was like, please pick me up, nurse. Please. And in those days, you know, at my age, in those days, they didn't have nurses that really picked you up all the time. It was more like being fed through your feet. I mean, it was really awful in those days. Now they take care of preemies. And, but, but it was just like, please take care of me. Please love me. And, and then you won't leave me. 
And um, it usually, you know, it always backfires. So interesting how, you know, we're just, obviously we have no idea when we're kids what's happening, you know, what we're picking up in our environment and making into a story about ourselves, right? Like how we get value or don't. Well, if I do these things, if I perform, I'll be loved. If I don't perform, I'm not going to be loved, right? Right. And, and that's why we have to be easy on ourselves and have compassion because we didn't ask, you know, to be brought up maybe with parents that abandoned us, neglected us, abused us. Maybe they were addicts or alcoholics. So th this hole that was inside of us, that was um, not our fault. So, you know, if you're going like in my whole the whole idea of my book, Love Smacked, is to really like break the stigma of if you've been in a lot of relationships or multiple marriages like myself, be kind to yourself. There's a reason you grew up with some sort of trauma, whatever that trauma was. So let's let's understand it and heal from it. Yeah, I also think, too, I mean, I'm just thinking like, OK, so Sherry and I are 30 years apart and we co-host The Love Fix, which is all about, you know, codependency, toxic relationships, dating, etc. And. I think for me, like I just think about somebody who's come because I do the work around the codependency stuff. Like it's not like I just woke up and decided I'm going to make these changes. Like I, I really practice this and I, I call it my self love journey in an everyday situation setting. Like I really work at this. It's a lifestyle for me. And I had so much shame around it. And it was mm. once I got through that shame and I owned it. Like now it's like I can talk about this publicly. We have a podcast on it. I wrote a book on it. It's like taking like taking that shame like there is something wrong with me because that's what the codependency for me was so rooted oh, yeah. in. Like mm -hmm. there's something wrong with me. I'm unlovable. And being able to be like, oh, hell no, and turning it upside down, I just think gives you uh, so much. It just takes the power back, right? Like you're talking about power dynamics and it's like you're no longer using it in other people, but you're taking it back and giving it to yourself. And being honest yeah. with yourself, you know, writing a book about being married many times, you know, that could be for some people very embarrassing. And for me, it was freedom. Like, look, I did it. You, you know, maybe you've been through similar journey. Let's, let's do this together. Let's not, and shame is such a big part of it. Like going on a date and saying, oh yeah, I've been married, blah, blah, blah times. Like that's really hard. But it's, but it's good. That's it's good. Really, it's really good. And I have to say, I mean, Carla is, if I had Carla's wisdom at her age, man, my life would have had a whole different trajectory. So I really respect the kind of work that young people are doing today. I mean, you look at Instagram and there's so much great information out there. And there's so many great coaches and therapists. So yay, they didn't really have that in my day. However, at the same time, you can still be my age. 50s, 60s and up and have a fabulous life too. You know, it's never too late. It is never too late. So I, you know, um, my, this podcast that, you know, we're on, I have solo episodes. I've been doing it since it was 2015. And that's what I did. I did what you're talking about too. It's like, I just put out there my journey because we're all fucked up. Hi, everybody listening. You're all fucked up, <laughs> right? We all know that it's just, I'm happy and fucked up. Or I'm miserable and fucked up. I wanted to be happy and fucked up. So, you know, and I think that that's what everybody can't. It's like that compassion you're talking about, Sherry. You know, the feeling okay and being kind to yourself is really hard because we're usually judging all of that. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Like, before I had my podcast, I thought, oh, well, I shouldn't say that. I used to write articles about this. So way back then, like when I had to press enter, and put it out there, I was like, oh my God, everybody's gonna think I'm like a crazy, crazy person. But then you find, 
how many people in the world feel the same way. And, and I think by that's the way, what you guys do. Being a therapist, we're, we're, we were trained, you know, as a licensed therapist, not to talk about ourselves. Right. And everything has changed in that way. And actually, I believe that is why people connect with me and my work and they connect with Carl and I on our, in our programs because we are so transparent and honest and raw. And that's right. what people want because, again, like I said earlier, people want connection. And if they can know yes. you, they want to be seen and they want to know you and you want to know them. And it's, it's a great thing to be honest. Right. So my question to you guys is, well, and, and I'll start with Sherry because you're the one that brought this up, but the... When, you know, people say I'm going to be compassionate with myself or I want to be, tell me what you do to be compassionate with yourself so that people understand from your perspective what you, you know, you get off this call and, you know, what are things that you do to take care of Sherry? Well, I mean, of course, there's all the self-care stuff, but I would say it's much deeper than that. It's getting grounded in your body, feeling what you feel in your body, learning how to be comfortable in your body, which is what trauma therapy is, which is what I do with my clients, really helping them go eat inward and dive really deep. I mean, you can't just say to someone, oh, get self-esteem. Like you can't buy that no. at a store. Right. But if you can be present with yourself and not feel like you have to run from yourself, because that is what addiction is. It's running from self. So if you can be still and be with yourself and really go deep within yourself, that's where love exists. That's where that is where self-esteem exists because you won't need someone to fulfill you. You will feel I mean, and you have to spend some time by yourself to do this. You can't just go from relationship to relationship. And until I was in my early 50s, I just went from relationship to relationship. And finally, I said, no, I got to got to spend some time with Sherry. And then I hired a fantastic trauma therapist and then I became one. And the rest is history. So that's how I think that is being compassionate is going really inward within yourself and in your body. Okay. And what about you, Carla? You know, I have to say feeling my feelings because for mm -hmm. so long I was so afraid of them. And so what would I do to anything to avoid feeling sad or anything to avoid even feeling anger or, you know, all of those things. And so I would make choices in my life to try to like hop on the train to feel happy or whatever. And, um, I think for me, it's just letting myself be human. Like I am a human being at the end of the day, right? Like I have my ups, I have my downs, I have hard things that happen in my life. And I think also holding on and knowing that like, I will get through it. And that I, and I, you know, when I'm, I'm saying this because somebody else is probably listening, thinking, man, like, I don't know how to sit through really hard times in my feelings. You know, it's, it's, it's also connecting with others, but it's being kind to yourself in the sense and compassion that like, man, I am trying the best that I can. And if, if I had a whole day and I'm going through something really difficult and I had a whole day ahead of me, if I can just do one of the things on that list, I'm, I'm still showing up and doing my best. Right. So it's just like taking some time just to like be kind to myself and, um, know what my needs are, what my wants are feeling through things. Cause that's how you get through things. Um, like sometimes I always, I, I see these stupid quotes where it's like, time heals everything. Bullshit. Time does not heal everything. Like you feeling your feelings and leaning into it heals, but, but it's scary. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's really how I connect with myself and have some self-compassion. Yeah, that's great. And this audience is very used to hearing about feeling their feelings because we talk about it all the time. So you're speaking their language. There so. we go. <laughs> yes. So tell me, uh, are either of you in a relationship right now or are you single? Like where are you at? 
So I had talked about this a little bit on the Love Fix podcast for our New Year's special. And I was in a long-term relationship and we were engaged and I saw red flags and I actually ended it. And so that to me is very, um, you know, I, I, I did a lot of healing around it. I did trauma therapy around it, um, had a really great support system, but that breakup looked very different than other breakups that before, you know, when I was codependent and the relationship wasn't codependent, it wasn't a toxic relationship. Um, these red flags that I observed came out of left field for me and, um, were not present for years in the relationship. These were very new things that had occurred. What kind of things, if you wouldn't mind sharing? Yeah. So I actually don't feel comfortable sharing exactly what all the red flags were, but I'll share just a brief kind of like some things here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. This person had been very communicative in the relationship the whole time. We even did long distance at different points. Um, And just very quickly, they stopped communicating as much. Um, They started becoming, as I felt, hypercritical of me, uh, which they were not before at all. Um, They were uh, not... I caught this person in what I found to be a lie of where they were, uh, staying later at work, things like that, um, that I confirmed were not true. Um, Mm -hmm. So this all actually came to a head and and it was only like a very short period of time. It was less than a month that all of a sudden Mm -hmm. these red flags started to like line up. And I made a commitment to myself years ago that I just wasn't going to be in a relationship and I had deal breakers. And this person knew because we had worked many years in this relationship and communicated about it. And for me, I just had to decide, did I want to participate in something that I felt personally would have been an unhealthy relationship or do I choose myself? And I chose myself. It wasn't even a question. I never went back. I moved forward with the decision. Um, It was very sudden to me. So it was very unexpected. But um, since then, I've I've moved on from that and forward uh, with my life. So that was a big thing that happened to me in 2022 um, that I was able to, as I think, very successfully work through uh, and not not have the codependent characteristics looming over me um, that I once I once had. I love that. I love that for so many reasons. And people listening in this audience, you really um, can know that wherever you're at, you can get there. Like that 100%. sense of self-possession of yes. I give enough of a shit about myself yep. and not feel like this is my soulmate and I'm losing something because I think, yeah. you know, as you know, with codependency, it's yeah. like, you know, this is my soulmate. Even if they treat you like shit, I got to put up with it because I don't have this kind of connection with another person or, you know, all the stories that we tell ourselves. But this is such a wonderful, wonderful example. Thank you for sharing those details, yeah, by the absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a short, long distance relationship. And unfortunately, once we spent more time together, I really saw the red flags pretty quickly. So the good news is I didn't stick around long enough to really go through as much as I've been gone through in the past. I wasn't I didn't try to fix or change or believe that things will get better. I just I just said goodbye pretty quickly. And I think that's important for people to understand is even with all the therapy, you can be a therapist, you can be a coach, Mm -hmm. you can still get in toxic relationships. It just happens. Sometimes you don't see the red flags right away or they come they come out later. Um, The good news is the more you do this work, you're going to not sit around and, you know, like you talked about hypercritical. This person became was very hypercritical in person and probably abusive, really, in some ways. And um, you, you'll, you'll move on a lot quicker 
you know, you won't stick around. So there's always um, change to be had. It'll just be quicker the more work you do within yourself. But you can end up in toxic relationships. Any one of us can, with even with all the work we've done. So tell me about how you date now. Like when you go on a first date, how is it different than when you used to date? Man, I have not talked about this at all, even on our podcast, Sherry. Um, <laughs> I am dating and, <laughs> and I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, I love going on dates. Um, I think this is also can help me relate with my clients when, on the date coaching side of things. I have clients actually ask me, are you in a relationship? Are you dating? Are you just giving me this advice and not following it? And I'm like, well, I am dating and I would never give you anything that I don't take myself. So, uh, okay, this is how I approach it. I know exactly what my needs are and my wants are. I don't fuck around. So I don't mean that in a way that it's black and white. Like, okay, they either have this, whatever, and it's a checklist. No. I just have motives of why I'm dating and priorities of what I'm looking for. I ask up front before going on a date um, what they are looking for. If they cannot directly tell me that they're looking for either a life partner or a serious relationship that they're you know, wanting to move forward in terms of like marriage or they want kids, then we're just not a right fit and that's okay and I can move forward. Do you um, do that on the first date or when do you do that? So on the dating apps, I ask but when they ask me out. Mm -hmm. I just asked the question. Um, and then on the actual first date, if I like them and I'm, I'm vibing with them, then we talk about it and have a full conversation. And I did that with somebody recently and it was awesome. And he wanted to know, you know, he said, well, what are you dating for? I said, you know, a serious relationship. And then he asked me the follow up and said, well, what does that mean? And I really liked that because I was like, cool, like, all right. And then we realized we wanted the same thing. So um, so that's how I date. I date with intention. I, and, and I see red flags. <laughs> I had a, a hilarious date story that I'll probably talk on the love fix at some point about, but there was like massive red flags and you know, it's okay. Like I, I, I you know, I, I got, I got myself. I don't have to go, go for the red flags anymore. I can walk away. I can let the person know we're just not a right fit and that's okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I love that because it can be triggering, of course when you meet somebody like that and it's like, oh, that old familiar feeling. Oh, right. I think I can fix him yes, <laughs> or whatever. No. Yeah, oh, no, I, yeah. I actually, I run now. When I yeah. hear certain things, I run. I'm like, oh, I don't, I do not want to be, this is some for somebody yeah. else. Yeah. 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 What for about me, you, I'm just looking for different things. I'm older now, so I'm really looking for more companionship. I don't even know if I really want to live with anyone ever again. I want to know, do they have they had children? I have, you know, I have grandchildren. I go back and forth from California to Florida. How, how are they going to feel about me not being here or there all the time? Um, do they have their own lives, their own, you know, how, do, how are they with their children, grandchildren? So it's a little different at my age. Um, I'm looking for different things. It's such, it's, it's great, actually, because... I'm really happy on my own. So if I meet someone to hang with, that'd be great. If not, I have great friends, both places, and like, and it's good. It's a good. That's sort of the beauty of getting older. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah it can be. I mean, the more you know yourself, obviously, the more you're going to do things that are in alignment with that. Usually, if you have yeah. that self awareness. Yeah. Um, and so, is there anything you know that you? want to share as far as, you know, from your, again, your own experiences in what you do for a living, obviously, and in your personal experiences that you want to leave the audience with before we go today? 
you know, I always just say that uh, self-love is a journey and it's not a destination. So I, I just fully believe that. And all of my coaching is in the foundation of that. It's connection with self and loving yourself and showing up for yourself in different ways by how you treat yourself, talk to yourself, but the people you choose to be in your life. And so uh, it's something that's a constant practice and there's no ever getting life right. So I think it's kind of fun ride to be upon. And, and I think that it's scary to embrace sometimes, but it's totally worth it. And where can people find your book? Uh, they can either find it on Amazon if it's international or if they're based in the U.S. You can find it on my website, carlaromo.com, and you can get a signed copy. Awesome. And Sherry, what would you like to leave the audience with? You know, if you find yourself, you keep repeating patterns and you're stuck, sometimes you might need some further work around trauma. So that's my specialty. If that's what somebody needs, because if you keep repeating yourself and doing the same thing, you may there might be something else going on, like all the knowledge in the world. You can Google all day narcissistic abuse. But if you don't really get in there and work on those family of origin, even as, you know, intergenerational trauma issues, you know, those things are so important to work on. So I would say, you know, really see, you know, and be discerning who you want to work with. Really important. There's a lot of people out there doing all kinds of things. Be really, really, you know, do your homework. Look at who this person is. What is their background? Um, yeah, that would be my advice. All right. And where can they find your book? Same Amazon. It just is on Kindle right now. Love Smacked is mm -hmm. just Kindle. Get it. Okay. So this just came out. Both of your books just came out? No, no uh, they've been out. Well, Cherry, I don't know how long she's been out. Mine's been out for a couple of years now. So Yeah, and I just yeah. republished it on my own. So that's why it's just on Kindle for now. Okay. I got yes. you. And if they want to find you guys, I know you mentioned love your website fix. where the book was, but yeah. yeah okay. Go to the lovefix.com and check us out. We're, our podcast is out everywhere. If you want to take a, you know, are my relationships healthy quiz? We've got that. Um, we also have opportunity in terms of our group coaching, if you want to check that out as well. So uh, definitely go to the lovefix.com. I love that. This has been so much fun. You guys yeah, totally nice. speak the language of everybody listening. So I know oh, everybody's awesome. just going to eat up what you guys had to say. So awesome. Tracy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you guys, you all take care. And if you have any questions or anything, you know where to find Sherry and you know where to find Carla. All righty. We'll see you next time. For more information about Tracy and her programs and to set up a discovery session, email happiness at tracycrossley.com. That's happiness at tracycrossley.com or go to the website for more information. And thank you for tuning in to Moving On.